Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. So inpatient reimbursement in Germany, which uh, is first of all a big kind of question in terms of differentiation also from the budget's perspective. Um, one need to know that in Germany, the inpatient outpatient setting is clearly separated, not only from a legal perspective, but also from a budget perspective. If we start very briefly with a legal perspective, one also knows that there's the so-called Verbotsvorbehalt um, in Germany for the inpatient setting, which means basically that all innovative procedures are permitted with the reservation of prohibition, meaning if you have a, a regulatory approval, a product, a device, or a new kind of procedure can directly be applied and used in the inpatient setting, which is clearly the opposite to the outpatient setting. So let's focus on the inpatient setting before we basically go and discuss the kind of very detailed perspectives, maybe also from a hospital perspective. So if there is an inpatient kind of procedure or product, there are different ways how to get that reimbursed in Germany. First of all, there's clearly the kind of opportunity that a code might already exist. So meaning that in the German DRG system, there is already a code and hence a cost which covers those kind of, uh, let's say, budget already available. And that is basically what everybody can directly check. A DRG browser is available. So um, that is then also where you need to link the disease based on the ICD code plus the uh, procedure code, which is the OPS code, which is also available um, in the German system. And both together are basically then ending up in a full DRG. The DRG system itself um, is... Uh, is is updated regularly every year, and that is also based on so-called calculation hospitals, Kalkulationshäuser uh, in German, which means that some hospitals basically um, uh, provide their information, their data from a from from a yearly kind of turnover, let's say, also from a coding perspective, that also the so-called INEC, which is organizing the inpatient setting, can update and check whether the existing DRGs are adequately funding the procedures in the inpatient setting. So there might be DRGs which are going up or also going down on a yearly basis. Again, depending a bit what is being done and in which ways it's being handled. But I think the really interesting question is quite clearly what if no DRG is really available or the DRG which exists might not cover the cost of a new procedure adequately. Just keep in mind, adequately means that um, overall the costs are not somewhere in the range of plus minus 10 to 20% on top of the already existing DRGs because otherwise the system itself, the INEC, but also health insurance funds clearly think that that product or that device procedure could be funded through the existing DRG. So just imagine there's maybe a new procedure and a DRG is existing, but the new procedure is significantly more expensive. Forget about at this stage on the evidence, 
We're coming back to that, maybe also in the discussion with our um, uh, with our interview partner from a hospital. Uh, but for the moment, we only focus on the cost side. So there is one opportunity uh, once a year, which is end of October, where hospitals can submit a so-called NUB, which is basically an application in order to get an on-top payment. This is a template which is then being available um, on the website of the INEC, normally around the September timeline, early September, that there's roughly eight weeks time to update the template, which looks every year quite similar. However, there might be small changes in there. It is advised that such kind of um, NUB submissions are also distributed by the medical associations, especially obviously if there might be procedures which might help patient, not only in one hospital or in individual hospitals, but really across various hospitals. So that's at least something keeping in mind also from a physician's and or industry perspective. In the NUB, there is a lot of more kind of information requested around the procedure itself on how many patients, very briefly, obviously, how it works, and most importantly, whether the procedure is already adequately funded. Hence, coming back to the question I have just raised a couple of minutes ago, um, whether the costs are already included in an existing DRG. If not, details need to be given. Once that NUB application is submitted, um, the INEC, where the submission is basically being targeted to, is evaluating that towards the end of the year. Um, first of all, it's being checked if there's maybe a high risk procedures while included. There are special definitions on that, coming back to that maybe as well in a second, um, which is first of all going to the GBA. They are assessing and seeing if a product is a high-risk procedure. And if not, we're coming back to that special case later. And if not, the NUB submission is going back again to the INEC. They assess it. They check basically that everything is in there. And uh, finally, the INEC is deciding, let's say positively or negatively, on the NUB. Important here, a positive NUB means NUB status of one um, and a negative rejection is basically a NUB status of two. There are also a NUB status of three and four, which basically means that some information are missing. Important that information is being um, communicated on the INEX website as well by the end of January. And the important part here now is what will happen if a NUB is positive? Does that mean that money is directly floating and uh, basically being paid to the hospital, for example, if they provide and use a new procedure? Not directly. An NUB is just, let's say, the entrance ticket for the hospital to negotiate an an on-top payment during the hospital budget negotiations, the annual budget negotiations, which normally start um, beginning of uh, spring. So the NUB is being submitted, obviously not only for one. Hospitals are submitting a lot of NUBs every year. So they basically as well use that, I think, maybe as well a question to our um, interview partner in a couple of minutes, if the NUB application could also be used as a negotiation mass because the hospitals need to negotiate their annual budget, the overall hospital budget, with the health insurance funds every spring. So there is a clear incentive to also submit from my perspective, no publications to the INIC every year that you have as well, not only adequate funding, but also maybe some NUPS in your pocket, let's say, for the negotiation with the health insurance funds. 
Assuming that uh, the hospital is agreeing with the um, health insurance funds um, to get an, an on-top payment, this is then basically being utilized in that year. Importantly, a NUP needs to be resubmitted again every October until the INEC might decide to turn such NUP um, in either an permanent NUB, that means that this is existing basically forever. Obviously, depend how long the procedure is still used and whether there might be new versions or maybe no more used at all, but generally permanent. Um, or if maybe the NUB is no more needed because maybe the procedures clearly the standard of care is used by the vast majority of patients. Hence, they could also update and devalue the funding within the existing DRG. Very briefly again, what is a high-risk um, procedure because that's also what I have just mentioned very briefly. A high-risk procedure um, has basically different kind of definitions. So first of all, it needs to be a new theoretical scientific concept. So something really new. So not something like an update or a new version of something, right? It's also important that the medical device or the procedure needs to be of a high-risk class um, from a regulatory perspective. And an NUB request needs to be submitted for the first time by a hospital and finally needs to be also specifically invasive. Maybe also question to our interview partner in a second, but this is also something which could be checked and reviewed and discussed beforehand within a GBA submission, which I think is especially important for the industry, especially as hospitals do not really like to handle those kind of high-risk procedures, especially if they don't have the full information available beforehand. Keep in mind, if there is a high-risk pr procedure, the hospital... Uh, would need as well to further submit the evidence package, let's say, to the GBA once the GBA has identified that high-risk procedure during the NUP submission. And hence, that needs to be done in a very rapid way. Um, and that is why hospitals prefer to either have already written confirmation by the GBA um, that the new procedure is not a high-risk procedure or that they have at least already the information available at hand that they can also utilize it if it is a high-risk procedure. But you see, even the inpatient setting sounds in the very first instance, let's say, a bit easier or a bit more pragmatic, especially in comparison with the outpatient setting in Germany. But there are still a couple of things which we need to clarify, I think, in the interview. So let's just see what we'll get out of it and let's just see the insights and get the insights from a hospital administrator who has a lot of information and experience as well in the last years. So he can also probably speak about the development of the last years. Okay, so thank you, Vidi Verna, to take part as well in that interview for our Market Access podcast. So very broadly, as you're coming out of the inpatient setting, um, could you very briefly explain how the, let's say, the system, the coding, the reimbursement system works in a hospital setting in Germany? Yeah, hi. Um, thanks, thanks for the involvement for, for this. And um, yeah, I, I try my best to give you some uh, an overview about this. Um, so yeah, let's start about the, the, the financial system or, or the reimbursement. It's, it's a really complex uh, system in, in Germany. So one of the most important elements uh, is the annual published uh, DRG catalog, um, which is uh, published around about in November every year uh, with, with, the, with the codes for the, for the following year. So 
uh, all the AGs from the from the current year for us uh, will be evaluated so to get an overview um, what we have done and what we would like to do in the following years. So and then we have a, a small um, introduce um, a small overview about the the reimbursement looks like for for the for the next year with our uh, current medical portfolio. So then we, we discuss uh, internal, uh, the possible portfolio adjustments. So uh, in other words, so is there a possibility to reduction uh, examinations or to, to expand some other ones? So that is, that is one of the basics. So, um, so we have catalog effects and something like this. Um, and then we have uh, some some specials, so like um, you you told a uh, new um, methods or like um, extra fees. So these are not um, in the budget for the year. So um, every year we make a, a budget together with the the insurance fund. So, but. This is another part to 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 negotiate uh, with the with the insurance fund. Um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> we have uh, in the in the DRG catalog. So you have some OPS. So um, these are yeah operation and special uh, procedures. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I think you. You bring up already. I think the complexity of the of the whole system, right? <laughs> I think it's it's driven by DIGs, which are, I think, uh, put together um, by I think what is being done, which I think is the OPS code you have just introduced as well, and uh, uh, and basically obviously the disease itself, so the ICD code. But I think the ICD is given. So um, generally, I mean, could you maybe just elaborate very briefly if you as a hospital consider OPS codes as really being useful as some of those maybe not everybody knows it but some of those OPS codes do not lead into higher reimbursement values in the German DRG system. Yes of course um, it's uh, in the in the current uh, billing system the OPS are a good illustration of medical events so even if they are sometimes too small so the the OPS is an adaption, as you told it, of, of uh, international uh, classification. So we have an overview about our procedures um, to, 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 to make a switch to other countries, what we are doing, uh, what doing others. And so um, the aim is uh, to obtain an international classification uh, to, to compare us and statistical uh, points of it. So, um, but some some of these uh, OPS codes, um, yeah, the, these are for for the for the measurability of the, of the performance of, of every hospital by uh, specifying the codes in the in the necessary quality reports. There are also a link between the the coding and an additional fee for um, yeah higher price procedures with appropriate medical products. Nah? so. You you can use these these codes in the in the in the hospital and in the in the, in the ambulance sector, for example. So it, these codes are used in, in both systems, and they they will come more and more together in, in Germany. So you you, you the, the problem is some of these procedures like uh, 
examination or a procedure like for, for a knee or for, for a hip, you can do it also in the, in the ambulance sector. So they, they come more and more together to have these patients not in the hospital, no, maybe for a not this big um, uh, procedure. So that's, that's really, really important to have these OPS codes. The problem is there's so a lot of OPS codes, it's a bit too much. So mm -hmm. that's maybe a problem. So they, every year they come more and more and more. Um, we have only the, the feeling that it's more for, for statistical, not for, for to, to see what, what we have done. So that's, that's often a problem maybe. So they are often too, too, too big, too, too, too many. Okay, perfect. I think that is that is giving I think a good insight also how uh, and why OPS are I think uh, relevant and <laughs> I mean as you also said maybe there are just already too many that there there might be maybe an efficiency kind of question as well um, being raised now. Um, you mentioned also in the introduction that there are budget negotiations. I mean, we all know that in any way, besides the DRGs, I think there are annual hospital budget negotiations. Yeah. Could, could you explain that, how we could really think of that? How do, how do those really look like between hospitals and insurance funds? Um, what, what are the specifics of those? It's a, it's a funny funny meeting every year. So in non-COVID times, uh, it's a, it's a it's a personal meeting in the hospital between the the, the medical controlling, uh, the commercial administration of the hospital, and on the other side, the, the health insurance company. Um, yeah, after the the first personal conversation, the negotiation begins. So, but honestly, even if it's more haggling than a negotiation because both parties present their points and arguments. Um, and then sometimes we have interruptions from, from, the, from the parties to discuss uh, internally uh, what have the others said. So what can we do? What can we not do? So first of all, you look at the, at the core business of the, of the, of the hospital, e.g. Uh, for the, uh, what was the performance of the, of the past year and what are you planning for the coming year? Uh, I told at the beginning of the DRG, so that, that's that's the basic, and all of these is represented by numbers and made available to both equality. Then we are looking for for unique selling points as well as uh, for one-off effects like special interventions or, or special patient offer. For example, the the revenues for for new examination and treatment methods. Uh, fees are not subject uh, to any hospital specific limitation. So no budget is set up these revenues, which can be interested for the hospital, maybe. So uh, that's, that's a big part of it. So finally, an annual budget is agreed. And it's always a problematic, maybe if you deviate too, too far from it or well, whether they too um, high or too low. So, but at the end, you have to find a compromise. So I, 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 I said at the beginning, so um, it's sometimes like on a, on a buzzer. And um, yeah, because, but, but at the end, you need an, an, a budget agreement. And so then 
normally an agreement can be found on site on open issues or subsequently uh, provided by phone or email until the final agreement, which is signed from both sides. So you need a signed agreement, but often you don't found it directly at this personal meeting. Uh, afterwards, they will have a lot of... Um, if, uh, if yeah phones and and or, or emails um, contact and then at the end then you you have you will find agreement got you i think that is uh, that sounds very interesting as obviously a lot of times you only get that from the outside view obviously so here you hear about it but uh, uh, good to hear the kind of insights as well i mean you mentioned also, um, I think, um, the potential, let's say, additional funding for uh, potential new procedures. For example, also that there's the, the um, I think, uh, from a legal perspective, paragraph 137E, which is um, uh, dealing with the high-risk procedures. Could you explain also a bit what that really means, especially, obviously, from a hospital perspective, and there I'm maybe especially interested to see um, what is your preparations? What is the need or the hospital is basically needing um, if you would foresee a such a kind of high risk, call it submission in a way? Yeah, in particular, uh, this, this does not represent an accelerated alternative to previous common method or evaluation procedures of the of the federal joint committee uh, committee so at the end this new or, or this process for for this paragraph um and it is an extension of the of the decision making process um we have a lot of problems with with this so because um you need a, a good yeah chief physician in the hospital because um all of these processes is additional work for the hospital staff. So, and this is usually done by the chief physician and it's very time consuming um, and has to be calculated very precisely um, in advance depending on the risk or, or and, and possibilities. Uh, so currently we have uh, personal bottlenecks or, uh, and this making this increasingly difficult to provide additional support of such programs. But in the end, these these programs uh, programs can be a, a, a special feature for for the hospital. And and but but it's not um, a part of for the for the commercial um, um, delegation in the in the hospital. It's more a part for the for the physicians because they have the work visit. So um, the, I told the procedure is, is very, very hard to implement um, in, the, in the hospital. And um, we have more and more um, problems with, with risks and with the data systems and so on and so on. And that is why some manufacturers are already relocated the testing of new methods in, in other countries, honestly, uh, because the victims are the, the patients who cannot offer uh, innovative treatments and also the hospitals which cannot offer special treatments. So this is this is our problem. Eh? So so a lot of manufacturers, um, yeah, change this part of, of um, 
intervention or to 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 bring up these new methods in hospitals they 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 changing in other countries because it's often easier to implement these these process in the in the hospital in our hospital honestly if if you have the the basic and it's an 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 already new examination and treatment method for the for the for the insurance system then it's okay for for all hospitals to offer this but the, the starting is is too too hard for in the hospitals in the current time so we have a lot of other problems and all of hospitals have really really problems with with personnel and you need all your personnel for the for the core business in the hospital yeah that's i think a very important point especially in the scarcity of uh, of people i mean also finding uh, the right people i think starts from management going down obviously the whole pathway with physicians nurses um, uh, etc i think uh, very well i think summarized um while we're just speaking a bit around reimbursement codes etc um this should have been maybe the start but maybe just bring it closely to the end right could you as well just tell everybody who german or how german hospitals are financed how german uh, oh yeah hospital finance uh, yeah it's, it's it's based uh on the principle of the of the dual financing so we call it the the, the operating costs of the hospital or all costs that arise for for treating patients are financed uh, by the health insurance companies mm-hmm. and all invest investment costs Uh, however, are financed by the federal state. But currently, as a result, the, the federal government's decide of, of a hospital will buy it, expand it or close, or they will finance these investments. Uh, but we have the, the main problem is that we have underfunding of, 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 of these uh, investment costs from the, from, from the federal state. So we have uh, investment blockage Uh, backlog so sorry uh, on the part of the federal state for years this increases the pressure on the hospitals and then we at the end we expand the services uh, in the uh, to, to 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 cover our costs because of these extra budgetary sources of um, so we we're looking for for new extra budget uh, budgetary um, um, points like um, private services or to 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 uh, offer some new methods maybe because i told you the, these are extra budgetary so these are interesting for us but we have a lot of problems in in the german system currently so we are looking for for new ways and uh, for new uh, possibilities to to finance our of uh, all our costs so um, yeah or people become older and older and um yeah and the 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 costs of for for treatments um rises that's that's a big problem in in the current system yeah i think <laughs> you're you're just bringing i think another important point in there i think which is the kind of whole kind of investment cost and i mean you know that better than i but um, the, the german legal or let's say health politicians have just as well um, launched the so-called uh, Hospital Future Act, um, which might be also interesting for hospitals in Germany as well, right? I mean, could you as well, just from your perspective, 
um, uh, go a bit deeper, what the core benefits, maybe even risks, if you see any, of that Hospital Future Act might be for German hospitals? It can be. It can be a, a, a good point, but the digitalization in German hospitals, it's crazy. Uh, they're, they're not really good. Um, so Hospital Future Act is, is it can be a, a starting support for hospitals. So that's that's the way. So the the um, the, the Hospital Future Act aims to improve the digitalization and the the, the security of German hospitals uh, within a treasure circle. Uh, so we'll be getting a lot of money uh, for this purpose. Uh, Three million euros in the funding are provided by the by the federal government and 1.3 billion euros by the by the federal states uh, or, or the hospitals so that's a that's a good support for for a lot of um, hospitals but at the end I think the the needing uh, is really high uh, it's not enough this three billion euros uh, so uh, the main chance primarily exists in the extensive investment programs. So a lot of uh, hospitals already uh, planned um, investment programs and now they get a bit support for it. But on the other hand, risk can arise in, in, in connection with distributive uh, just because there's no entitlement to, to funding the hospitals. So and and on the other and and further risk also arise in the in the context of ongoing costs after the the IT implementation. But in the end, it's necessary um, to ensure that German uh, German hospitals uh, are not digital outdone by international standards. So we are really really bad in this. And so. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm I'm not really sure. So uh, what, what what can I say? So it's it's good, and they will help us a bit. But um, at the end, not for all hospitals. That's 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 another problem, maybe. So that the big hospitals, like the university hospitals, get more money, but small hospitals, maybe in the landscapes. Uh, but, but that that's. They, they don't get maybe this money which are needing with which they are needs so that's maybe a problem for 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 the future so we will see we will see and at the end of this year we will see how many money they get or what what is what is uh, really yes in the in the hospitals so yes Oh yeah, I think that's uh, that's also I think a, a good end of our discussion. I think a bit provocative as well, which might be politically as well as well wanted, right? That maybe just the the kind of larger or already quite well established hospitals might especially benefit from that Hospital Future Act, and that some hospitals, especially maybe yeah, outside of the bigger centers, might be maybe the losers. Even we'll see. I think. Uh, First of all, thank you very much, Willy. I think that was a, a very insightful, a, a very nice kind of discussion. And uh, yeah, let's just see how the whole kind of landscape will further develop. Budget differentiation between inpatient and outpatient settings in Germany basically drive 
the importance but also the understanding of the two then different systems and hence the pathways towards market access. We've just heard from uh, one of the hospital administrators from quite a large hospital in the Bavaria region in Germany, how important the various steps are. OPS are important in order to understand, especially then from a health insurance, but also from a negotiation perspective when thinking about a hospital, um, where and what kind of procedures have been done with the patients. So it's better, or it's basically as well, to understand in which ways patients have been treated, what was done um, with the patients when they have been hospitalized. And hence, this might, not always, but a lot of times as well, drive into the reimbursement value. Secondly, very important is quite clearly the NUB, the NUP application, which is also helping hospitals in order to get reimbursement or better, probably better set funding towards new medical technologies, but also for drugs, for example, if they have as well been used or are be used in the hospital setting. Why is that the case? Because NUP basically allows then hospital to negotiate and on top payments or reimbursement fee for those products, procedures, drugs, um, when they negotiate the full year hospital budget with the health insurance companies, which always happen in spring of a year. Important as well to mention is quite clearly that not only the direct conversation with hospitals is important, but also the discussions, the alignment, and also the buy-in with the treating physicians. And here, even more important is that probably, especially when thinking about a broader market access than just individual hospitals, that the different physician associations might be taken on board. Important here as well to mention, physicians associations, very similar obviously to the individual physicians, do not only, let's say, um, react because industries, for example, discussing with them, or maybe as well, trying to get them on board, for example, for a new clinical trial, etc. But it is rather important to understand the, the importance of the product, the effectiveness, the safety of the product, and even more important, quite clearly, especially when you go into the individual levels, that physicians have had their own experience. Because this is also a big driver, quite clearly, in order to request then the reimbursement, meaning the NUB, for example, at the hospital administration. We've heard hospital administrations especially looking and discussing that with their internal physicians um, working in their hospital in order to optimize further the armamentarium within the treatment um, options within the hospital. Having said that, just keep in mind, whoever's listening to that, the NUB submissions are due every October of year. So this is the only deadline you need to have in mind if an NUB is applicable for you. The decision is being made then, let's call it over the late autumn, early winter. That means that the NUB um, decisions are being made public in January of a year, and then the NUB can be negotiated by the individual hospitals in the spring of that year. And normally they only are applicable for one year, meaning that the resubmission needs to be then done. And ideally that is being forced by the Physicians Association. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German speaking markets. 
Map is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.